Thriving in divorce and beyond means not having to worry about the safety of your children when it comes to co-parenting. With alcohol abuse on the rise, many co-parents are turning to the system committed to providing proof, protection, and peace of mind. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking during parenting time. Soberlink's real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test so you can be confident your kids are with a sober parent. With Soberlink, judges rest assured that your child is safe, attorneys get court-admissible evidence of sobriety, and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. Pull back the curtain on the mysteries of parenting time and trust the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology to keep you informed and your kids safe and secure. To download the resource I created with Soberlink, Divorce and Addiction, A Guide to Move Forward, visit www.soberlink.com backslash Susan. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. We have polarized relationships everywhere, you know, to some degree or another, at home, at work, out in the world, with your relatives, with people who used to be your best friends, you can no longer communicate with on social media. And, you know, it's really easy to fall into the fight, but with some small tweaks to how we think about conflict, we can start to get along better and also to feel better. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today one of my besties is back for everybody who does not yet know her. (laughs) Exactly. It's a happy day at Divorce and Beyond because the always wonderful and fabulous Gabrielle Hartley is here joining us. I wish I had a sound machine, Gab. I'd have those like, yeah, woo! But if we don't cheer for ourselves, really, who's going to cheer for us? Maybe that's the take home. Maybe that's what we need to take home today. If you don't cheer for you, who's going to? So start cheering for yourselves. Well, let me tell you who cheers for you. Me. Because I was so excited this morning to find out that your brand new TED Talk, folks, it just came out last month, went to the top 10 worldwide for February TED Talks, top 10 across the world. That's amazing. Yay! (laughs) Now we need that machine again, but then you were just telling me it's top three in the United States. I think it may be, but I I don't want to misspeak. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, okay, but we're going to take it. Top 10 in the world, girlfriend, I think you can be pretty proud of that one. And we're going to dive into some of what you talk about in your TED Talk, because obviously it's it's striking a chord for people. But let me just, you know, for those who are new to Divorce and Beyond, um, we, you know, we have new people listening all the time. Thank you, everyone. 
Um, let me introduce Gabrielle Hartley if you haven't met her yet. Um, although Gabrielle does have several other episodes on Divorce and Beyond, shouldn't be a surprise. She is my best friend, so she's going to be on as often as I can get her. But she's got an episode on her Blitz method of mediation where she can help you move through your divorce mediation a little bit faster. We have a whole episode around getting through COVID. We did a special bonus episode of being trapped in your house with your spouse. That seems like so long ago that COVID started now that we're two years in. Um, she's also the best-selling author of Better Apart, the radically positive way to separate. And I just want to say, thanks to this book, that's how Gabrielle and I met. If it weren't for this wonderful little, um, not little, it's a nice big book, um, full of wonderful advice. But I saw that book on LinkedIn when Gabrielle posted that it was about to come out and thought, that is the most amazing title. What a fabulous idea to radically, you know, separate in a radically positive way. And I had to know that woman. So, and you know, what is it now? Yeah, Three years crazy. later? Yep. Yeah. Oh, look at all the fun stuff. We've done divorce retreats together. We travel together. I mentioned earlier, um, I did an Instagram post about how excited I was about your TED Talk. You stayed with me here and I heard your TED Talk about 15 <laughs> times before I heard your TED Talk on that stage. I know somebody said to my husband, did you have to hear it a couple of times before she did it? <laughs> he was like, uh, a little bit more than that. Yeah, I yeah. think I can do it at this point, but... <laughs> <laughs> but not as well as you. And, you know, I did want to mention because what many people don't know, if we can talk about the TED Talk for a minute, many people don't know, first of all, I just want to say how hard it is. They're 10 to 15 minutes long and you think, eh, I can get up and talk about something for 10 to 15 minutes. No, no, you can't, people. <laughs> this is really hard. I have to say you, you were reciting it because they make you actually memorize it right down to like each and every word and nuance of tone and hand gesture almost. I mean, it's really, they want to know exactly what the message is that you're putting out. Right. Yeah, they do. I, th I think, um, you know, I mean, maybe in retrospect, it seems like, oh, you could do it. Anybody can do it. You just have to want to. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think it's just a fair amount of practice um, if you're not accustomed to having to memorize, which we're not. We haven't done that in a long time. But, you know, um, a lot of the younger people who are still in school who are having to memorize tons of stuff, maybe it's a little bit easier for them. But I recommend it. It was sort of a bucket list thing for me. I really felt like I had something that I wanted to share. Um, and I found it, it was a lot more emotional than I had anticipated. You know, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was great though. It was, it was what, 12, 13 minutes of like, you had us laughing and you had us crying all in that short period of time. Um, and our, we had another friend who was involved in this that my listeners know, Jill Sharer Murray, um, who also has a fabulous TED talk. We also have another friend, Bella Gandhi, who has a fabulous TED talk, but Jill helped you. She helped coach you along with this. Jill is absolutely incredible. If anybody is thinking about doing a TED talk and you want Jill's contact information, email me or email It'll, Susan. I'll put it email. in the show notes. Yeah, she's absolutely phenomenal. And um, she also helped Bella and Bella also got an incredible number of views. Jill really knows what she's doing. So there's my little plug, Jill. Go Jill. Woo! 
I may be uh, signing up with Jill myself, so we'll see. You are, yeah. you are, you are. I got to have something to say. We'll work on it. You have something to say. We'll work on it. Well, and speaking of something to say, you know, you have had just a, a rush of people viewing this, tons of comments on your TEDx. For those who um, haven't met Gab before, she's a divorce attorney and mediator by trade. That's what she's been doing, just like me. For She's younger than I am, folks. So she, she hasn't been doing it quite as long, but at least as well, if not better. And um, she practices in Massachusetts and New York. She was actually clerked for Justice Sunshine. Anybody who's involved in family law in uh, New York City knows Justice Sunshine. So she was, uh, you clerked for him for how long? Um, several years in the early 2000s. Yeah. So you know the inside of a courtroom, you know the inside of a mediation room. And in fact, Better Apart is a lot about tips and tools to help people through their divorce, whether it's a conflictual divorce or a non, you know, a, a lower conflict divorce. But there's amazing, I mean, this is really your guide through through divorce. It's indispensable if you're facing it. Oh, thank you so much. Somebody called me today when I picked up the phone. They were like, oh my God, I just read your book. I can't believe you picked up your own phone. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, that's, and they're, they're going to be saying that about your TEDx shortly if they're not already saying that. Oh, I saw your TEDx because, uh, you know, and I want to talk about the TEDx because I think the topic of your TEDx might be one of the reasons, not just the fabulous delivery and the great message, but it's a topic that is so critically timely in the world that we live in today. It, you know, it deals with how we can get along better, right? What is the secret to getting along better? And we are living in a world where it doesn't seem like we're getting along very well, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and that's really why um, I, I really wanted to have this talk. And that's why I have, um, you know, spoiler alert, I have a book coming out in about a year on this same topic. As a divorce attorney, there's nothing we know more than how to, you know, deal with polarized relationships. And we have polarized relationships everywhere, you know, to some degree or another, at home, at work, out in the world, with your relatives, with people who used to be your best friends, you can no longer communicate with on social media. And, you know, it's really easy to fall into the fight but with some small tweaks to how we think about conflict, we can start to um, get along better and also to feel better because some relationships you can't get along because you're dealing with someone who's just impossible. I mean, we've all listened to the like, you know, dealing with the narcissist divorce or whatever. And there's, there's always a, a path through that can really help you to feel better even when you are um, feeling like all hope is lost or your situation is completely hopeless, impossible. Yeah. And what's incredible is in your TED talk, which is about 12 and a half minutes long. 12 minutes and 14 seconds. <laughs> not that you See, they make not you that, time it. Not that I'm obsessive, right? <laughs> Uh, but you do in that short a period of time, you actually do lay out a path. And I want to be clear that it's either going to help you to get along better, or there are some relationships or situations where it's going to help you um, put that, categorize those relationships as something that perhaps has to be set aside for a bit. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like a discernment theory. So, so I talk a lot about something that um, I call the yes method. 
and um, you'll you'll hear more about it when you tune into the TED Talk. But but basically, you know, there are three steps: recognizing your role, how are you playing into it, right, or or not, you know, um, understanding the emotional story, your story, the other person's story, you know, and then shelving conversations that don't need to happen in the moment um, because we really tend to dive right in and react. We don't take a step back and think about what role am I playing? How am I feeding into this? Do I have agency here? Can I deal with this in a different way? We tend to just have something come at us or be stuck in a pattern of a way of dealing. And if we don't disrupt how we think, then um, we just loop around and around and around in that circle. But we really have to start um, substituting how we're thinking in a different way so that we can start thinking about things differently and in a better in a better path, no matter what part of your life your conflict is coming up. Right. Conflict these days, divorce podcast, but we can have conflict with our Uber driver. We can have conflict <laughs> with our teenage kids. We want Susan because Susan has the highest rating of Uber, just ask her husband of anybody. Anyway, go ahead. It is a it is a bit of a family, you know, thing that my <laughs> my Uber score is higher than my husband's. So no secret to that. But I'm gonna put myself in that pool. I find myself in at, at this time in my life, and I who knows what it is. Maybe you have ideas, but I think we are in a time where that switch to conflict, that switch to burn is just triggered so quickly. And I feel like we're getting into these repetitive patterns of anger and conflict. That's right. We're at an all time trigger happy, you know, reactivity. And we don't take the step back, you know, like an example, that's probably a pretty comfort, uh, controversial example um, that I'll regret saying is let's say someone has a knee jerk. Who's a police officer has a knee jerk reaction to seeing the little blue square square in your social media feed. Right. right? Um, or no, they, I'm sorry, they post a little blue square in their social media feed. Right. Um, and so it becomes like the blue square against the black square. Whereas one may actually have very little to do with the other. You know, if you worked your whole entire life as a police officer and you feel like you've done things in an upstanding way, we start to bifurcate the way we look at things rather than take each thing at the core. You know, if, if someone is feeling personally attacked, they're less likely to show up in a way that is really expressing their core feelings. I'm not sure if I said that clearly. No, I think it's really clear. And I'm just sort of going to to turn that into something that maybe listeners are going through where they see their spouse in this moment in time as they're going through the divorce. And I think you use that knee, that term knee jerk. And I do think as people go through divorce um, and they're having difficulty, you know, communications broken down, they're narrow talking about splitting up their stuff. There's usually hurt feelings. Trust has often been breached. So there's a knee-jerk belief that anything that the spouse says is is a conflictual comment or is intended right. to be, you know, negative or tricky or sneaky or whatever those things might be. And we just jump on that. That's right. We jump on it. And instead of taking a second to say, hey, what's really going on here? What's the backstory? Why? Right? Because, I mean, we know this as mediators. We always need to ask why. We need to go deeper. We need to understand 
where is this cycle and how can we disrupt it? And there's various ways of disrupting the cycle. And, you know, that that plays out in various areas in our life. I remember um, there was a time where a family member of mine um, was released from the hospital and they'd been in the intensive care for a long time. And they were hyper-focusing on, they needed to change their pants. And they kept saying, get me these pants, get me these pants, get me these pants. And then, you know, I looked over at them and I said, would you like some pudding? Right. And suddenly after maybe the pudding wasn't the first thing that I, I suggested, maybe I said, do you want jello? Do you want fruit? And then I said, pudding. And they said, oh, pudding. And then they were like, butterscotch, butter, you know, and then we got them off the the pants that we couldn't give them the pants because they weren't there. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, that's an extreme example, but that it's kind of like the way a little kid thinks or someone who has some sort of mental incapacity when we're getting divorced. I mean, if we want to just talk about divorce here, we could do that oh. all day long. When we're going through a divorce, we tend to be on a constant, consistent loop of whatever the narrative is about the divorce, about the players in the divorce, about how our lawyers are wasting our money, how the other lawyer is making us waste our money with our lawyer. And we need to interrupt our thinking in order to transcend it and to come out on the other side and feel differently about the situation and to actually have a different outcome. Because really what we want is a better outcome. Yeah, no, I it's so 100%, right? And that's why interrupting the cycle, interrupting that conflict cycle is so important, but we just buy into it. We just get on that rabbit or not rabbit, gerbil or hamster wheel, right? And go around and around and around. Hey listeners, I'm just taking a quick break to make sure that you know about a few other ways you can enjoy Divorce and Beyond and get more information and insider tips from me. First, did you know that each episode is available in video format on the Divorce and Beyond podcast YouTube channel? There are no ads, no interruptions there, so you can watch the full episodes. You can also get more content from me on my Instagram feed. I'm on there every day, all day. Um, So go ahead and follow me at at Susan Guthrie ESQ. And finally, the podcast has a blog and resources in addition to all the episodes and the videos on the website. So go check that out at divorceandbeyondpod.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter and you're going to get all of this content right in your inbox. Stay tuned for my talk with best-selling author and TEDx phenom, Gabrielle Hartley, who's sharing her secrets to getting along better. When we're going through a divorce, we tend to be on a constant, consistent loop of whatever the narrative is about the divorce, about the players in the divorce, about how our lawyers are wasting our money, how the other lawyer is making us waste our money with our lawyer. And we need to interrupt our thinking in order to transcend it and to come out on the other side and feel differently about the situation and to actually have a different outcome. If you're enjoying this episode, Check out last week's episode with my special guest, Dr. Elizabeth Fedrick, who gave us some insights into how reprogramming your attachment styles can lead to a better divorce. When our partner is maybe being a little more dysfunctional or toxic, it's so easy to point the finger versus really sitting back and thinking, oh, wow, they must feel really scared right now. They must be really hurting right now and really looking deeper of where it's coming from. And now we return to today's show. In any conflict, and even if you're going through a divorce, presumably you just, you're still at work and you may feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not getting along with 
my cubicle mate, or maybe now you're working at home, so you don't you don't have a cubicle, but you know your boss is giving you too many things to do, or whatever it is. Still, you know, taking a step back, recognizing how we're reacting, how you're feeling, understanding maybe your boss has a boss who's giving them pressure to get something done. That's the best way to move forward and to um, interrupt this conversation. You know, you, you may be able to, let's say your boss is coming down on you really hard with something that you think is a red herring. It's not the real thing that they need. You know, you may bring up a different a different subject, something else. Again, I always go to food, you know, what should we have? I was just going to say, should we offer them pudding? (laughs) (laughs) Offer your boss pudding. It will clear. That's the secret to getting along. That's right. But in all seriousness, you know, the the three steps are really understanding why, why you're reacting the way you're reacting. What's your role, you know, understanding the emotional story. What's your story? What's their story? And when I say story, I mean need. Are you upset? Are you anxious? Are you frustrated? Are you angry? Whatever the need is, what is it? And what's their need? And how can you satisfy their need? Because if you can satisfy the other person's need, it's more likely that your need is going to be satisfied also. And when both of your needs are satisfied, Susan's smiling because you know where I'm going. I'm like, this is such a mediator thing. I when love both this. of your needs are satisfied, then you're more likely to be able to inadvertently satisfy your own wants, or maybe vertently. Is that a word? It's just inadvertently. Yeah. It okay. is now. <laughs> vertently satisfy their wants and your wants. Because we come to conflict with wants. We do, our ears are turned off. You know, when you're in like kindergarten, turn on your listening ears. We're not listening right? And if we can start listening, then we can start encouraging the other person to listen because they're going to feel heard. When we're heard, then we're able to listen. But we have to start being the, the, good, the better one. We have to start by being the listener because we cannot assume that the other person is going to listen. All we can do is turn on our listening ears, turn on your listening ears, people, right? And once you turn on your listening ears, the floodgates will run out. And when once the other person feels heard, then they're going to be ready to hear what you have to say. And that's how resolutions are arrived at. And the last part of the yes method, which we haven't really gone through, but just listen to the TED Talk. It's just much more clear. You're, you're going to shelve conversations. You're going to put them on pause. Things that don't have to happen. When you're feeling pissed off in the moment, you don't actually have to Talk about that in the moment. Like Susan, you know, like from the mediation table, you're not going to, you're going to say, okay, let's get all the issues out, but you're not going to start the mediation with the thing where, you know, the parties are the most polarized on, you know, that's why a lot of times people say, oh, Gabrielle, what's our agenda? And I say, well, what do you feel ready to talk about? You know, I I don't actually enjoy working off an agenda in a divorce. Um, Personally, the way I prefer to do it is to sort of take their first session and see what are all the different topics that we need to talk about. And then let each party design what works the best for them. And they're naturally going to come up with whatever their most hot button is. And then I might say, okay, well, let's talk about that as the fourth agenda item, because when the earlier agenda items are satisfied, how are they satisfied? Because everybody hears everything that everybody else has to say, right? When you feel heard, then we're ready to get to those wants. And those wants are those 
those more complicated, more on the face of them, hotly contentious items that tend to magically resolve once the bigger things are handled. I, I love it. I mean, I feel like it's magic. This morning I did a different um, mediation where these people have been coming to me for, I know we're off topic, we're on mediation, I can't help it. Um, <laughs> um, these people have come to me, you know, multiple times and they're arguing about, you know, certain expensive items that that one of them has a collection and the other person wanted everything, sad, you know, wanted half of the value of the collection. But then like much bigger issues came up and the person who had the collection was really magnanimous with a different financial issue. And then suddenly the person who would, was digging in on the collection was ready to say, you know what, keep your collection. But had we started with the collection, we would have been paying thousands of dollars for appraisals, which never had to happen ultimately. Yeah, it's such a good point for people. And actually, I think it's great that we're talking about mediation because this is a lot of what happens in the mediation room. It's why we call it mediation magic. It's what hooks us as professionals to keep, want to keep doing it and, and knowing it can be that better way. But it's also, I think, how you are so well-versed in then talking to people in your TEDx about any type of conflict, right? You know, you need to interrupt that cycle. You need to do it differently because we were talking about knee jerks earlier. The knee jerk, when you are hit with something conflictual, when you are hit with anger or, you know, something is to come right back at it, but maybe even harder. And that's where you have to interrupt it. And on the other hand, it may be, because I also, I work with people, it's, you know, not all over my website, but I do work with people who are having conflicts at work as well. And People at work, sometimes they don't come right back at it. What they do is they retreat because they, they're afraid they're going to lose their job. They don't want to ruffle feathers. But then they live in this really unhappy place at work. And so they have to find a middle ground. They have to find a way to communicate. Now, in some situations, HR is not able to help you and you know, you're dealing with a toxic boss, the same way you could deal with a, or a toxic coworker, right? Toxicity is everywhere, people. And so... That might be a situation where you have to, you know, shelve that conversation until you can find a better work situation because not every relationship can be resolved. I mean, that, that's just the reality. But while you're at that work situation, you may be able to find small fixes to help you get through. For instance, you may be able to find a way to have to, you know, not be in work at the same days. Like, let's say you're on a hybrid schedule now. Maybe the person who's really difficult for you to work with, maybe you can go on the Tuesday, Thursday schedule and they can go on the Monday, Wednesday schedule, something right. like that. It's, it's, it's kind of the... Um getting to yes, instead of cutting the orange in half, one person takes the peel and one person takes the juice, right? You know? Right. Exactly. That's really funny. I hadn't thought about that whole getting oh. to yes thing, right? This is the yes, yes. method. Um, but I guess yes is really lends itself to getting along. I think the whole idea of getting along um, is something that it's a, a battle today. It's, it's probably always been a battle. We're just more aware of it for a whole variety of reasons now. It's in every place in the media. Just put on your you know, Facebook or your Instagram feed. It's right there for the taking. Turn on your television, go into your workplace, have conversations with your second cousin who you haven't seen in a while. It's just everywhere. And it doesn't feel good to splinter and fray our relationships. I, I just, you know, 15% of people have cut ties 
with close members of their families and friends who don't share political beliefs. And, and, and that, that is a, an average from um, um, this, the American survey and, and apparently um, liberal people have cut off 33% of their um, friends and family. And, you know, I, I'm going to have to say, I do fall on that side. So I'm not slamming anyone. You know, I have not cut ties with people who disagree with me. They may have cut ties with me and I may not be aware of it, <laughs> but that that's a whole other topic, but we can get along better. You can, you know, and if you start practicing the skills in in the of the yes method, as well as the better part, you can really use these same skills throughout your life. You can bring these skills to the table and have better uh, interactions, even with difficult people. You know, my, my father who died now nearly two years ago, he was not an easy man. And I really learned a lot about how to get along with a, a very difficult person. Um, yeah, I just actually his his gravestone was just completed an hour before I got on this call with you. I just got a picture of it. Yeah, so I you know, I loved him very much and he was not easy and yet I was able to manage that conversation, those conversations and keep him very close um to to the end of you know, we had him to the house 4 days a week during the last few um years of his life. Um so I don't know. Sorry for going down that that was a rabbit hole. That was not a hamster <laughs> wheel. Well, and and uh, you know, I I think it's very important for people to realize that in disrupting the conflict cycle you are doing yourself a favor. You are doing something for yourself and for your quality of life. Because whether you are able to end that conflict or whether it turns out to be one of those, you know, conflictual situations you need to shelve the S, your life ends up better in either situation as opposed to staying on our hamster wheel of conflict, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. And and so, you know, picture your life, you know, sometime in your life where you were struggling with something and like almost having like obsessive thoughts about something. Maybe that's just me, but I think most people have some period of their life where you're like a one track mind. Right. And the way, yeah, you, most of us move through those periods through time, but you know, it's the kind of same thing that cognitive behavior therapy, um, teaches you. Um, and I'm not a therapist. I am not. And she doesn't play one on TV. I don't play one on TV, but I do know that, you know, you need to disrupt thinking. We only have a certain number of um, free, a certain amount of free real estate in our minds. And if we start replacing positive, negative thoughts with positive thoughts, suddenly we can disrupt those negative thoughts because if you just do it like once a day and then twice a day, and then, you know, more often we start feeling better. And it's the same thing with relationships, you know, I'll just use the example of my father, you know, he, he and I didn't agree on a lot of things and there were certain things where I would kind of try to get him to see things differently, but then I would say, okay, well, he has a different worldview. He has different needs. He has different wants. He's a different person, you know, and then I would focus on the positive things that he did bring to me, you know, in my life and just sort of hyper-focusing on the good. I'm Maybe I was born with that as a skill, but I also think it's something that we can all get better at and all feel better. Um, because when we remove the negative people and step away from the negative situations, our heads are free to be filled with positive things. It's like dump that bad boyfriend. Yeah. 
You know, everything comes down to that bad boyfriend. If you have a bad boyfriend and you're afraid of being single or that bad husband, you're afraid of being singled, you're not going to like meet the good husband or the good boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it is you're interested in while the bad one is still there. And it's the same thing with any kind of conflict. Yeah, I <laughs> I yeah. love it. I love the real estate concept of, you know, where, where this is, you only have so much energy to put out into the world every day. Right. And if your energy is tied up in, even if you're not actively like in conflict or arguing with someone, if you're right. thinking about it and fuming about it, and you and I deal with people in divorce every single day, they, people get almost obsessed with every nuance right. of the divorce, everything that their spouse is doing it's, it's, it's a trap. It's a, it's a cage. It can become maniacal. It's like a maniacal rabbit hole. It's really crazy. Like fighting to win is just not something that creates a real winner when it comes to um, your dynamic. But I, I think that we're harming ourselves when we live in that negative space. I just don't think that you're going to have a joyful life if you're living with negativity. And so Getting along is easier than you think if you have a goal of getting along. And I think we should all have that goal. And I, I don't believe in shoulds, but I'm going to say it anyway. If we all have a goal of getting along, and that does not mean to get along with people who are treating other people violently or badly. And that does not mean you can't do something in a positive way, you know, alongside in a different course. But most relationships in your personal life in one way or the other can serve you. Even that narcissist taught you something about yourself, maybe. Maybe you gave too much of yourself over to that person and you're not gonna do that anymore. You're gonna give more to yourself and you're going to feed your ego and your, your emotional needs with people who are, as Bella would say, your elevator people, people who lift you up. That's the other, the other TED talk you need to listen to along with mine and Jill. So I just feel like when you're feeling really bad, when you're going through a divorce, which I assume most of your listeners are either in a divorce or gone through a divorce, you know, just know that you have the power to start to feel better. And the tips and tricks and better apart are really going to help you. And the yes method is really going to help you. I've already gotten, I've been, my inbox has been flooded with thank yous, which has been like really unbelievable. It's really, they're really simple, actionable items. What's your role? What's the emotional story? And shelve those heated conversations. And that's really your roadmap forward with absolutely everybody in your life, including with your divorce lawyer who might be annoying you in some way, shape or form. What? Maybe you're calling a lot with tons of questions and repeating questions. You know, maybe you need to, maybe that bill is partially because you're not organized in your communication. I mean, maybe I shouldn't put too fine a line on it, but that, that happens, right? So what's your role? You know, I think everyone should listen to the TED talk so that they can, you know, hear you without me interrupting, walk through the. And with me being more organized, me edit, edited, Gabrielle. <laughs> well, and, and rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed down to 12 and a half minutes. But it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And she walks you through the yes method because ultimately the secret to getting along better is start. It starts with yes. It, it really does. And it's how you apply that to your life with the understanding, as you've heard from Gabrielle today, everyone, that this is going to benefit your life. This is going to make your way forward better. So I encourage you, I'm going to have links, of course, to Gab's book, 
to the TED Talk. I'll put Bella and Jill's in there as well. Um, you can follow Gabrielle on Instagram at Gabrielle Hartley ESQ. Any other social that you want people to know about, Gab? I mean, I'm on Facebook. If you're, if you're on Instagram or Facebook, it's the same, Gabrielle Hartley ESQ. And if you are a professional on LinkedIn, I am always sharing articles and insights that are related um, mostly. Well, it's all about getting along and positively divorcing and getting along better with other people. So on LinkedIn, it's just Gabrielle Hartley. Make sure everybody knows about the Better Apart blog as well. And that's both people oh, going yes. through divorce as well as professionals because professionals, Gabrielle will entertain taking blogs or getting articles from other professionals to put on the blog. And it's an amazing resource, just like this podcast. Yeah, it's um, it's a weekly um, blog, more or less weekly. Sometimes I have bonuses. You can just go to gabriellehartley.com and just hit blog, or I guess you could just Google Better Apart blog. There will be links in the show notes. And, you know, Gabrielle, thank you. You and I have not ever had that problem getting along, but I promise if we ever do, I'll apply the, the yes method. So will I. So will I. My, my kids are always telling me, go read your book. <laughs> <laughs> they keep you honest, those kids. Anyway, so awesome to spend some time with you as always, Susan. And congratulations, top 10. And I, I, I'm going to go with the top three in the U.S. Thank you. Well, I don't know if that's accurate. That'll be in the show notes as well. <laughs> thank you, Gabrielle. All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond. Thank you.